One day in October 2020, Joseph came home for lunch to his wife of 10 amazing years to hear his wife, Brooke, say, I think I know something that's on my bucket list. He listened attentively as she shared, for at least one season in our lives, I just want to use all natural products. As a licensed cosmetologist, Brooke had always loved great skincare products, but as a large family on a Catholic ministry budget, the extra cost of buying only all natural products had not been feasible. At the realization that this desire was a bucket list item for Brooke, Joseph said to her, go for it. (laughs) And though they didn't know it at the time, that conversation was the seed that led them to start Rooted for Good. In the last three months, Rooted for Good has exploded and people all across the United States and beyond are making the switch to Rooted's all-natural healthy skincare and loving it. More than offering premium all-natural products and therapeutic-grade essential oils, Rooted for Good is uplifting the poor around the world. That is because every time you buy a Rooted for Good product, 10% of your purchase goes to help someone else in need. And how amazing is that? So today, Rooted for Good is thrilled to sponsor the Abiding Together podcast and share a new option of premium all-natural products and essential oils at affordable prices with an audience that shares our values and love for the Lord. And please use Abide10 promo code to enjoy 10% off your purchase at rootedforgood.com. That's rootedforgood.com, Abide10 promo code. Hello, and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast. Abiding Together is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. My name is Sister Miriam James Heidland, and every week I'm joined by two of my very dearest friends, Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger. This podcast is born out of our friendship and all that the Lord is doing in our lives. You hear us laugh, you hear us cry, you hear us share very vulnerably, and you hear us talk about the things that we're still learning along the way, and you're most welcome to join us. You can find out all of our information on our podcast episodes on abidingtogetherpodcast.com. But for now, grab a cup of coffee, settle in, and welcome home. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Abiding Together podcast. And we are already on, ladies, part four. Part four of our Lenten series. How did it? How did it come to this? I don't really even know. I but can't believe it. It's just like whipping by. It feels like it is whipping by. And so you're most welcome to join us. Uh, jump right in with us. We're going to talk about a lot of really beautiful things today. As usual, we've already had a very long conversation before we started recording this episode. So I wonder if our listeners get tired of us saying that. We've already been on know. for a really long time. I know. But... They're like enough already. Tell us what hey, you've been talking. We about. are living the abiding people. We are just living mm-hmm. the abiding. But because we we're excited. still savoring these moments because we're not actually that often that we get to really do a deep dive into things. So when we do, it's like, we just want to hang on to it a little longer. Mm-hmm. We do. It's all good. It's all good. And it is still Lent, people. We are still Lent. And it has felt very Lentish, has it not? <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yes, as it, it always has. does. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes, 2020 and 2021, the year of the Lent. But anyway, we I'm are getting more in. bratty with my Lenten times of fasting. I mean, before I used to be like all in, like the bigger, the better, the harder, the better. Like now I'm like standing in my pantry going, I hate intermittent fasting. And I'm not even talking to anybody in particular. I just want anyone around me to know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm bratty. What can I say? It's like all of our hashtag first world problems. You're like, ah, geez. I know. I know. And then you feel like such a baby. I'm like, so miserable at this. It is. And I don't know what it is about me, though. 
every every Lent, it is like the Chick-fil-A thing. Like now I crave it on Fridays and Sundays, mm-hmm. the Sundays, days that yeah. I cannot have it. It's mm-hmm. like something mm-hmm. that I know, like you always can't want have what you it. can't have, you know, seriously, yeah. you can't That's always right. get what you want, you know, but hey, there you go. So, but isn't that so true? I would, love, I would yeah. love to know the psychology of that, of like always wanting what you can't have and why things that you give up on as concerted things become so incredibly attractive. Like there's got to be, I know there's a spiritual thing, but there's got to be like a psychological thing about that. I don't know. I agree. I've never wanted bread more. Uh-huh. <laughs> and now that I've given up gluten, I'm like even when I don't want it, I kind of still want it. <laughs> well, hey, the struggle is real. The struggle is real. Oh, and just, yeah. Oh, it and is. I love it. And I think actually Claire used the quote in this book is like, just make sure your mortification isn't mortifying others, like mm-hmm. what you're giving out. No doubt. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And I could totally feel that right now. So, yes. Um, yeah. but don't, be, don't be lent to other people. And don't, don't be, be lent. <laughs> yes. There you Put that go. that on a t-shirt. Seriously. Here you go. But anyway, okay, let's dive just in. so lenty oh. right now. All right, dear friends. Well, we digress. We digress. But let's dive in. So we're going to talk about chapters 20 all the way to 25. Okay. So there's a lot in these. I just 26. want to say... 26. 26. Okay. There's a lot in this. And we were just, we were talking about this before we started recording. And so we just want to say on the outset, and I was thinking about this when I was reading is that this for me and for I think some of us who've just been journeying in certain like spiritualities for a while, this is what Claire's talking about here in her introduction to some of the concepts from Elizabeth the Trinity. It's it's common knowledge. But I think a lot for a lot of us like hearing this maybe for the first time, it just we're not really used to some of the words used or used to some of the, even talking about consolation or brideship or, you know, just a rule of life and people are like, what? So we just want to say that wherever you find yourself, you're most welcome. And just those these concepts and these realities will grow on you over time. So if you don't understand, that's okay. We're just going to have you just continue just to, to dive in and to press in. And it'll make sense to you. I think as you kind of receive that more deeply and kind of sit with it more deeply, you might be like, oh, that, that makes sense. So if it's not second language to you, it's totally fine. It's totally fine. Mm-hmm. We're always we're always learning uh, more. Anything the two of you want to say about that before we jump into the content? Yeah, I think part of our hope is that as we talk about it, even if you haven't read the book, that Mm -hmm. the topics that we talk about are relevant, not just for Carmelites, like it's not just for nuns, but no matter where you are, no matter what stage of life, all of these things actually apply in a very deep manner. And so I hope that through our sharing and through some of our personal insights of how they apply to us, that you'll be able to see how they apply in your own life as well. Yeah. And I was thinking when I was preparing for us to record these episodes and going back and rereading things. You know, the chapters are short, but they're packed full of stuff. And so mm-hmm. just really lean into the Holy Spirit and what is he highlighting to you? What themes, what parts? Like there's so much that you could go on, even in the section that we're talking about now. Like we could stay in on rule of life for mm. many topics. We could stay into consolation and desolation for many topics. We could stay in brideship. Like these are deep, deep themes that Claire brings up and she does a beautiful job of making them accessible to us just Mm -hmm. to even enter into this, but really lean into the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, what do you want to highlight to me? What Mm -hmm. do I need to Mm -hmm. take away from this? Where are you stirring in my heart in this time? And allow him to really make it concise for you personally. And because your journey is different, you know, everyone's is different. Even how the book speaks to Heather, Mm -hmm. sister and I, each one Mm -hmm. is different, you know, Mm -hmm. so just enter in it that way. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah, thanks, y'all. Those are great insights. Insights. So we're gonna pull our kind of guide, our guiding quote for this episode from page one hundred two. If you have the book, uh, it's page one hundred two, and it is the quote from Archbishop Fulton Sheen. 
And he says this, uh, this is from his book, The World's First Love. Uh, He says, the more precious the love, the more precautions to guard against it. The grading in a Carmelite monastery is not to keep the sisters in, but to keep the world out. (laughs) And there's something about that when I I love just the reality of love. And it's very true when you think of the things in your life that you love the most, don't you have special precautions to guard those things? Those things are especially precious, whether it's monetarily or emotionally or spiritually or physically precious to us. We by nature do that. We will make sure that those things are taken care of in a very special manner and that they're preserved at all costs against any sort of decay or theft or any sort of of, um, destruction. So that makes a lot of sense. And then he talks about the grading in a Carmelite monastery. If you go to a Carmelite monastery, many times you can't see the sisters. They're, they're cloistered, and they're cloistered as a gift to the world. They're cloistered because they're given to Christ himself as a gift, as a foreshadowing of all of us belonging to God all in all. And they pour out their lives for the whole world through their devotion through their commitment to their covenant with Jesus Christ uh, for a blessing for the world. And so I love what he's saying. Sometimes people look at that and they're like, oh my gosh, it'd be so stifling and so suffocating. And I can't believe they, they don't leave their convent ever. And it is a special call. It's a call within a call, really. But it's not to keep them in. It's like they're just like climbing the walls to get out. <laughs> it's to keep the world out so that their love remains undiluted and pure and efficacious and fruitful. And when I read mm-hmm. that, and I would love to hear your thoughts, um, ladies. But for me, I was like, that's really for all of us. This this is the inner cloister. And the grading, so to speak, or the precaution or the, the mantle that Jesus places around our heart is not to keep us stuck in a place or suffocating just with the Lord. It's to keep the world out so that our hearts become more purified to receive his love and to love him purely. And this is the bridal chamber. This is the song of songs. This is This is heaven. This is heaven. And so just as we kind of, and from there you see Claire talk about in the subsequent chapters of consolation and desolation and and to be a bride, but all of that is going to flow from the inner cloister, from where you and Jesus reside and from where that love, which is a place that's only for you and the Lord, flowers and blooms, where he has those those discussions with us, where he brings us into communion with him in every way. So um, maybe Heather, as you read that quote and kind of as we journey here today, what are some thoughts that come to you? Yeah, honestly, when I was reading about Claire's experience of going in to, to, to pray in the chapel and she was like, what tradition were we tiptoeing into and all of that? Mm-hmm. Like it made me remember when I went for a visit down to Nashville to visit my husband's family down there. We went to see the Nashville Dominicans. And in that time prior, I had really been struggling, you know, with my experience of like local parish and like there was just so many hard things and like church scandal and it just seemed like... I was, I couldn't find what I loved, like what was so important to me, like what was so special to me. It seemed to be fading, like about the church. I was just going through this, like, you know, really like deep, dark sort of part of my journey there. And it's like the beauty had been overshadowed by too much humanness. And so, and that was all that was kind of on my mind. But when I went to the Nashville Dominicans, something so unexpected happened. I just like, we drove onto their grounds and I got out of the car And I almost started crying right away. And I was like, what is happening? Like what? And I knew that the Lord was present. And I was like, all of a sudden, very attentive, like, God, what are you, what are you doing here? Like, what is happening? And we went inside and as we walked through the halls, it was supposed to be like a short visit. We had to be there for like four hours as they like showed us everything and played music for us and brought us to their chapel. And like our kids played basketball with the sisters. Like it was just so amazing. But as I walked through the halls, it was like the smell, 
the sense of prayer that was so deep and rich of like so many years, so many prayers poured out within those walls, like the smell of the concrete. I don't know how to describe it, but all of a sudden I just had this overwhelming sense of like, this is what I've been homesick for. Mm. This is, this represents everything that has been overshadowed by like humanness. And I reconnected to the sacred and to the beauty and to really the Lord's presence, like in a very deep way as he is represented in the church. And so for me, like, uh, as we talk about like keeping the world out, like there's certain things that I think the world attacks and can overshadow and, and almost distort the image of. And so to have these places where we regain like sensitivity and openness to the beauty of what is there, mm-hmm. like that, that experience for me was transformative. And I came back not just with, with like a renewed love for the church, but like a renewed love for the Lord, like this sacred space within and also within the human dynamics of the church building, it, it was revealed again. There was something that got protected again. So yeah, that's what it made me think of. And, and I think there are those places within that we have to be very careful about. Like I think about my marriage. I do a lot of things to protect my marriage. What about my relationship with God, which is the primary relationship in my life? I don't know. Michelle, what are some of your thoughts? Yeah, I totally agree with you, Heather, and had a very similar experience a year and a half ago. No, two years. I don't know. COVID time. I can't keep all the years straight. And so, mm-hmm. but I went and gave a retreat at the Visitation Monastery in Mobile, and that is a cloistered order where Mm -hmm. they are behind the grail, I mean the grate, but when you go to the main church, first of all, if you ever are in Mobile and get a chance to see that uh, convent, it is stunning. It is a replica of of France. They built Mm -hmm. it in the late 1800s, and it looks like you walk into this like little European oasis. Yeah, even your photos were dreamy. It was like, Mm -hmm. wow. Yeah, I'll post some of the photos here. I still have Mm -hmm. them on my phone. But also, it was very similar to Heather. Like, when you drove on the property, I was like, what is this? Mm -hmm. And the only uh, sister that could speak was the head um, mother there. She was the only one to speak. Everyone else was cloistered and did not speak. And when she greeted me, I said, sister, what is that feeling that I when I came on here? I was like, it is like this place is saturated in prayer. And she looked at me and started laughing. She's like, well, honey, we've been praying nonstop since late 1800s here. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, this is no joke. But it's like those thin thin places that we talked about in the last episode. It's thin places. It is totally thin places. And I think for that, it was interesting. So I was giving a retreat that weekend to laity women on the four women doctors of the church. So I'm Mm -hmm. giving it in the church. So I'm standing in front of, you know, the altar right there. But behind the altar is like a plexiglass and like uh, cloistered sisters were in there. So I could Mm. see them and they were watching me. And I Mm. was just like, the whole visual image was just so stunning because it was Mm. like that veil and you could see, but it was so interesting when I was doing the retreat and praying through it, I had just finished the part on St. Teresa of Avila and I was talking about interior castles and the level of prayer. And there's a part in it, when you go into interior castles, they say like level three, there's seven mansions and interior castles. But uh, there's a saying that most people stop at the third mansion and never go further. Mm-hmm. And when I read that line, I was just so heartbroken because I'm sitting in there in this place saturated in prayer. And it was just like this grieving in me. And this makes me tear, but I was like, I'm so sorry, Lord. Mm-hmm. It was just this grieving, like we don't come closer. The majority mm-hmm. of us don't come closer. And it was almost that 
like inspiration inside of me, like the Holy Spirit inside of me, like I want to teach women, all women. It is not just a cloister nun. It is laity. And I think that's the beauty of St. Elizabeth of the Trinity. She was prophetic before her time, saying that the universal call to holiness is not just for priests and religious. Mm-hmm. It is for all. Mm-hmm. And that a single woman and a woman with a lot of children and whoever you are in whatever state you are, first, your vocation is first and foremost to love. Mm-hmm. And second, your vocation is you know, you have an inner cloister within you. And one of the ways Mm -hmm. that we even teach the young girls that we have here how to pray is I always have them like use Asian imagination. I want you to think, what does your secret place look like? What Mm -hmm. does your secret garden look like in Song of Songs? Like, Mm -hmm. especially like in Song of Songs 4, it says it is the enclosed garden. What Mm -hmm. does it look like? Picture it, see it. And so when you can visualize it in your mind, okay, this is where I want to meet Jesus. What does it look like? This is what Mm -hmm. the flowers, what does it smell like? How does Jesus come to me in that? What does he look like? How does he look when he looks at me? Like these are beautiful things. So you can go there in prayer. You can go there in your mind. And then you can see that your heart just opens, that you have a special place that's individually created just for you to meet the lover of your soul. Mm -hmm. And I just want to also tell our listeners, wherever you are on the journey, that doesn't, it's a journey and it doesn't come naturally. Like I've been uh, walking with the Lord for a long time and it wasn't like a year and a half ago Mm -hmm. or two years in my personal retreat. I'm like, oh, I have intimacy issues with the Lord. I don't let him get close. (laughs) And I'm like, hello, people. Like I looked, sister was there when I was on my personal retreat. I'm like, could you not have told me before? And she's like, well, I don't know, you know, it's you and the Lord, you know, it was, but I think it's a beautiful, I had such a strong relationship with the father and the Holy spirit, but Mm -hmm. there was some kind of black with Jesus because there was an intimacy thing that I had a part of my heart needed to be unlocked by him. Mm -hmm. And so this is a journey friends. And, you know, to really discover our inner cloister place and to discover him in a new way in the secret garden with us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, yes. What both you're saying is just so true and beautiful. And the truth of, I, I just love what Claire has done here. I, yes. I love that Claire has taken the life of a Carmelite and made the, made it accessible to everybody, no matter mm-hmm. what state of life you're in, like all of it, like you both are saying, all, all of us, as we read it, it speaks different things to, to each one of us. And I think that I was just talking to a religious sister the other day, and I, I, I think in religious life, sometimes what we do is, is we're all about formation of women, and but I think sometimes what happens is there's this unspoken kind of pressure put on, say, a woman who's about to make her first vows, that um, somehow she has to be perfect. <laughs> and somehow mm-hmm. it's like, oh, you're you're going to make your first vows. And I was just, I was thinking to myself, you know, what, would you ever put that pressure? And I'm, I'm just saying it's like, sometimes it's like this underlying thing of like, mm-hmm. okay, or there's a pressure felt by the woman, like, okay, I make my first vows. I'm going to give my life to Jesus and I has to be perfect. And I was like, you know, when a husband and a wife get married, that's just the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, it's just the beginning. And I think all of us are afraid at times of of the journey and like what Claire's going to unpack as she goes on is like the consolation, the desolation. It's the maturing of love and mm-hmm. every, every relationship has to mature. I mean, I mean, look at you guys, for example, I, I know myself, I've been professed, um, you know, 18 years. Like if you guys look at your, for your wedding day and look where you are now and how your love is matured, like, Oh my gosh, what a beautiful seed that was planted that day, mm-hmm. but how it's matured. And and I just want to say, like, that's okay, and that's a good thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that love mm-hmm. never ends. That's a good thing, which means that 
we can always grow and learn and we're going to fall. We're going to make mistakes and we're going to say, oh, that didn't work out too well. Or, okay, Lord, thank you for, you know, showing this part of me. I didn't know that about myself. Like, thank God. Like, mm-hmm. holy cow. I, you know, I just, mm-hmm. I think as we go, sometimes we're so afraid of letting go of the constellations or we're afraid of the darkness that we don't get past the third mansion because many times we don't understand, like, this is a love journey that the Lord wants to be with us in every way throughout heaven, throughout eternity. Mm-hmm. It's just so mm-hmm. gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the more that we journey through in relationships, you know, in marriage and in life, as life teaches us lessons, like it unlocks different parts of us that we didn't even mm-hmm. know ourselves. And as mm-hmm. we get to know those parts, it's like, well, this is a new place now that I get yes. to offer to my spouse mm-hmm. or to Jesus that I am invited to be vulnerable, like to mm-hmm. offer the gift of myself there, but to also receive Uh, what is being given to me there. And those places can be painful. And sometimes like they, yeah, we were just talking about all that before we started the podcast. Sometimes those Mm -hmm. places are painful. But sister, I would love to hear specifically for you because you had this dramatic experience of like leaving the world behind to enter Mm -hmm. into your vocation. And what was that like initially for you? Like, if you think back 18 years ago, it was longer than that when you entered in, right? Like, mm-hmm. Oh initially. gosh, it was like yeah. almost 23 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, what was, what was that like to have that experience very tangibly of, of like letting the world stay at a distance? Mm-hmm. Oh, that, <laughs> that's a great question. Cause I often laugh, like, because I literally came out of college volleyball, like right. parties and locker rooms with the girls and like hanging out and like all kinds of crazy stuff. And it just, it's, it was, makes me laugh when I think of myself that first six months in the convent, the sisters must've been like, this girl is crazy. <laughs> and I just, um, ladies, you, those of you discerning religious life and those of you entering religious life, you are light years ahead of where I was. I'm just, it makes me laugh. I'm like, oh my gosh. And, and yeah, I, I remember the first weekend I was there, I was like, so what are we doing this weekend? Like, what's, what's, what's happening? And we're like, we're going to go out. It's Friday. Like, like yeah. what's going on? <laughs> I know it seems silly, doesn't, but it's like, I was like fresh That's off real. the turnip truck. It just, I had no, <laughs> like no idea what I was joining and I had no idea. And, um, it was, I had a rough, I had a rough learning curve cause I didn't, I just didn't know. I, I'd like, thank God. I think religious life is it just so much is better now than it was back, you know, like say 25 years ago, but mm-hmm. it was, yeah, a dramatic purification and a dramatic, reorientation and a dramatic, like for me, there's some things that had to be cut away very quickly. Mm -hmm. And then I think once that happened and I was able to be entered into things more deeply, what I found was that that was what I was looking for the whole time. Mm -hmm. That's what I was looking for the whole time. And I remember being in college, you know, like I said, my life is totally crazy. I'm an addict, you know, just, it's crazy. And I remember just sometimes going to church and just there's this, you know, the smell of the beeswax candles in an old church. Mm-hmm. Like there's a smell of the candles. There's a smell of like the faint incense. And I just remember sitting there and I couldn't explain it to you, but it was like home to me mm-hmm. and experiencing that in like the, that sensory way, but experiencing that in my soul as the years have grown mm-hmm. has been such a dramatic reorientation of who I am as a person and has allowed that in a sense, that cloister, I'm not a cloistered sister, but that cloister of the heart of the way we live our life, the rule of life we have, the things we say yes to, the things we say don't, we say no to has allowed my heart to grow with Christ in the way, but that's what I was looking for the entire time, Mm. the entire time. And 
I think what you find in religious life, whether you're in a cloister or not, is that women are women <laughs> and mm-hmm. we're real people. And like, like she has a chapter, like, you know, in this section called the saints are people too. Like we're all mm-hmm. people and all of us have, have wounds and all of us have joys and all of us have sorrows and all of us have hopes. And I think learning to see one another and learning how to love one another and respecting the person and learning how to champion each other, it's just been a huge uh, gift to my heart. And seeing that, you know, all of us have just said yes to pour our life out for something beautiful. And and that yes, you know, that's a yes that never ends. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. And I love how you said it felt like it was a coming home to you. Mm-hmm. Like when you smell that, like it is, this is an invitation. I think that's what the Lord is doing. And Claire beautifully writes, it's an invitation to meet him in a place that he is already longing us for. And I came across this quote a couple of weeks ago from uh, J.R.R. Tolkien, and it says, We all long for Eden, and we're constantly glimpsing it. Our whole nature at its best and least corrupted, its gentlest and most human, is still soaked with a sense of exile. Mm -hmm. And it's like that we all feel exiled from Eden, and we're all trying to find our way home and come and realizing that part of this, that we're pilgrims. Like we are pilgrims on a journey and that we will never arrive, like Sister was saying earlier. And whatever our vocation is, wherever state we're in, is if we are single, married, religious life, priesthood, we're in a school of love, you know, and I say this often on the podcast mm-hmm. and we never graduate. And like, I just want to get out of first grade, but, you know, like, and just keep on moving. But it is a school of love to learn, you know, how to forgive and how to learn ourselves, and how to really learn to how to be a gift and accept the gift that we are and how to give that gift to other people. And it's a, like sister, we were talking about before we started the podcast, it's a maturing of love Amen. and it's a maturing of love and realizing I was thinking about mother Teresa and the parts where she talks about her being that she wanted to be the saint of darkness, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and part of me still gets really upset. Can I just get a little soapbox here? Y'all, if they p- published her diaries, she asked that they not be published, you know, Could you imagine your journaling. It, no, I told you if something happens to me. You burn and Chris it. better get to them yeah, before gonna burn anybody that. else. Burn those babies. Uh, <laughs> you know, and so I was just like, those are your innermost thoughts. And, you know, and the Lord is using it and isn't in the middle of it. And I know he is there, but part of me was just so protective of her. But when Claire sp- speaks of that part, when she writes, that letter to the priest and they're standing there where she says, Father, please pray mm. for me. Where is Jesus? I oh, just yeah. started tearing up, you know, because here is this woman that knows who her bridegroom is, but she doesn't, she can't experience him right now because there's darkness. You know, mm. she can't see him. She can't see his face or the way he's looking at her, but her love is so mature that she keeps on loving yes. in spite of the feeling. She keeps mm-hmm. on loving and serving in spite that she can't see where she is going. And because she had already experienced in her soul, I have to believe that thirst and that longing mm-hmm. that he had mm-hmm. for her. And I think people, when we talk about intimacy or brideship, what we're really talking about is responding to the desire that the Lord already has for you. He is desiring, he is thirsting for you, for your soul, and he just wants you to meet him there. You know, he is longing for you much more, you know, than we are longing for him. And when we just even experience a fraction of that longing that he has for us or desire for us, it is a feeling and an experience that is a foretaste of heaven. And when we just get a fraction of that taste, we want more. Because is because it's what we are created for, it's what we are made for. And mm-hmm. we only experience that in the inner cloister, in the secret places. And he, mm. that's the invitation is extending to all of us. There's always more with the Lord. There's mm. always more love, more desire, more deeper, more longing. I think a lot of times we think when we experience the Lord, there will be ease. 
And sometimes there is ease and blessings, but a lot of times there's discomfort and hardness. Mm -hmm. And it is all part of the same package. It is just one big paradox, but it's still all part that he's inviting us to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I think in in all of this, you know, we have to go back to what is the whole the whole point of it all, the whole point mm-hmm. of life, like no matter what our circumstances, and that is to be in union with Jesus forever, mm-hmm. you know, to yeah. be in union with the Trinity forever. And so God gives us these different pathways and along the way, like we will experience trouble. Like Jesus says that in the book of John, like in this world, you will have trouble, but, mm-hmm. but take heart. I've overcome the world. Like mm-hmm. he's with us in it all, whether we feel him, whether we hear him or not, that he is with us and that he can use all of these things as a means for union with him. And it goes on to say, I don't, I'm sorry, I don't know what page it is. Cause I don't have pages on my copy of this, but it says the secret of happiness, she wrote to her sister, while in this desert consists in union, in love, no longer being anything but one with him. And sister, you talked about like that experience of having to have things cut away. And I've had that experience too. I still have that. That's still happening in my life for all three of us. Like we Mm -hmm. still are having these places cut away that steal us from our union with him, that come in between our union with him. And I remember like having a, a pretty like intimate or feeling like a pretty intimate place in my relationship with God before I was married. And then when I got into this relationship with Jake, I was, it was all new ground for me. And I really struggled with like, how am I supposed to like love God with my whole heart and love Jake with my whole heart. And then eventually love kids with my whole heart. Like this is just too hard. And, and realizing that it is loving Jesus in it all. Love, mm-hmm. I, when I love Jake, I'm loving Jesus. When I love my children, I'm I'm loving Jesus. When I love those in front of me, no matter what my stage of life was, I'm I'm loving Jesus. It really is all about union with Him, mm-hmm. and not allowing any of those things to take His place. Oh gosh, yeah, that's there's so much in that, and I think what you're talking about really is the like the ordering of our loves, like Jesus mm-hmm. order my loves, right? And we've talked before about how when our love is ordered correctly, then life flows beautifully, right? Many mm-hmm. times the pain is comes because our love is is disordered or inordinately placed someplace else. And we're trying to love out of our own power. Or we're trying to love people in place of God. We made somebody else an idol or something like that. And I, that, that truth of, you know, of loving Christ in all things. And I think, um, I know we didn't get, I mean, I feel like we've talked a lot about the chapters. I mean, our readers, our, our listeners can go through the chapters and hear the echoes of what we're talking about. But what I thought was very interesting here was, I'm just going to go back to page 105. She talks about a rule of life because a rule of life does, a rule of life orders our love. And mm-hmm. so a rule of life looks different for me than it looks like for the two of you or when somebody has little kids at home or, you know, maybe a grandmother who's you know, widowed. I mean, just it's, it looks different. But I love what Claire says here on page 105 and because she's talking about that, the, the rule of life. And she's like, for me, who sometimes wanders around wondering what in the world I should do next, <laughs> overwhelmed by the sheer volume of choices and the crush of daily responsibilities, this breeds, so she's talking about a superior or talking about like order, this breeds a certain appeal. And so while I don't have superiors, save the mutual surrender and marriage, I too have a simple, very simple rule to guide my days basic prayer, families and obligations, set time for work, and even a bit of reading penciled in. And I love this. She says, when I know, when I know that there's a time for everything, the one thing necessary is never neglected. And each next right thing, whether it's a hungry child or a messy kitchen can have my full attention. Mm-hmm. I, I just love her, like re, for her, like that's her rule of life. And it always goes back to what's most important and that the, all things have their place, like what you're saying, Heather, and what you're saying, Michelle, is like the, the, the way that God 
orders us in the journey and how he's unfolding our hearts that all things are necessary, provided the one thing that's most important <laughs> is in place first. And that's mm-hmm. the continual, that's the continual journey of our heart, which leads to the maturing of love, which leads to us as women giving ourselves as bride, as as mother, um, as we experience ourselves as daughters and sisters, and then allows for the intercessory prayer. It allows for the reality of like the call to holiness, the call to love, which is the essence of our whole life because we're made in the image and likeness of love. So I think I know that's kind of a roundabout, like one sentence kind of, or in a sense, like one part of the story, but really encompasses, I think what Claire's revealing to us in those chapters of the maturing of love out of, out of the cloister, which is what's the most important for each one of us. Hmm. Yeah. And I think it's beautiful when it goes on. I think that chapter sets up the other chapters in this part that we've asked you to read is like she goes on to talk about Edith Stein. She's pulled some beautiful quotes for Edith Stein. It says it will be an essential duty of each individual to consider how she must shape her plan for mm-hmm. daily and yearly living according to the best circumstances. And she goes along later in that quote. She said, in other words, a rule created for my precise vocation season of life doesn't sh- just save my sanity. It may save my soul. Oh, that's a good one, yeah. You know, and I love that because I think we've talked about it a little bit. And our good friend, Father Mark Mary, has a book coming out called Holy Habits. And basically, Mm. almost like for laity, like how you would develop a rule of life. But I know, like, we've had Jackie Mulligan on here for reform and all of that. And when Chris and my husband lived, we lived up at Copecrest, we created a rule of life for everyone to live at this Catholic camp that we ran because we had missionaries. And then we actually implement somewhat of a rule of life in our house because like basically what are your anchors? Like Mm -hmm. what is it that because the world will toss you about Mm -hmm. just human nature? Oh, I got to do this. I got to do this. Mm -hmm. But what do you really have to do and identify that? Like how do you really safeguard? What is it? Prayer, family, what is it in your life? Prayer, community, friends, your body, take care of everything. What are those things? And get precise. And it looks different for everyone and it looks different for whatever season you're in. And mm-hmm. I think one of the things that comes up throughout this book, but also I've been reading, it just it seems like it's coming up in a lot of different places that the Lord made each individual soul so unique and so different. So their path yeah. is unique and different. And I think it's very mm-hmm. easy to fit our mold of um, holiness in a box. And the Lord is not asking us. He's asking us to be the unique creation that he has created us to be. And so our path will look different from someone else's. That doesn't mean that it gives you an excuse like, well, my path is different. I'm not doing that, <laughs> you know, but it gives us an invitation to lean in to see where the Holy Spirit is guiding us on the path and really lean in to see how he is creating us for his glory, you know, which will be a theme later on in the book for Elizabeth of Trinity. Yeah, it's beautiful. And to just remember that it's the small things. We're talking about big things, but really those are lived out in the small choices that we have to make, the day-to-day decisions, the, you know, like she talks about the gift of a smile. Like it, it is these small things that we can do with great love. And and I think that that's what makes it attainable. Like in our in our minds, like we can just go, I can I can do this. I can be present to this person today. I can do something for someone. I can wash the dishes when I don't feel like it. I can mm-hmm. pause for 10 minutes to, you know, resume my connection mm-hmm. with Jesus. And what a fitting time, but Lent in the beginning of spring to allow the Lord to reorder these places. I just think of the new beginnings and new blossomings and, and what's, yeah, what's the, like, we're all about the one thing. Like, what's the one thing, you know, what is the one thing the Lord is calling me to this Lent is an anchor to help me maintain uh, my time with the Lord in the cloister of my soul. Right. So then love flows out 
uh, from there. So those are great questions. Even Michelle, what you were saying about the interior, what does your interior garden look like? I love that. You know, what does it feel like? What does it smell like? What are the flowers? I mean, just as women, we're so good in creating like beautiful places, you know, women make a house a home. And so I wonder for each of our listeners, um, ladies, uh, that what does your interior cloister look like? What does your interior garden look like? And and don't be afraid to dream with the Lord. I I, I love that. What a great way to kind of spend some time in prayer this week with Jesus and just to see what he reveals there, which is really beautiful. And I also, there is the beautiful prayer by uh, Cardinal Newman on, I think it's Faith or Feelings, the end of the Faith and Feelings chapter, mm-hmm. about uh, just a beautiful prayer of what is your calling, your unique calling. I think that's a beautiful yeah. prayer just to even pray with, you know, this week as you go on. And we'll post it in the show notes also. But it is just a beautiful prayer. You know, what is your unique desire? What is your unique thing? Um, and it talks about giving consolations, all of that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, let me carry, and I love the last line in this prayer. It says, let them carry me forward to the thought and the desire of heaven. Mm-hmm. Just praying through those beautiful prayers. Claire does a beautiful job of just inserting different prayers at the end of chapters. There's one for Prayer to Redeem Lost Time from St. Teresa of Avila and the Locusts, the from last um, podcast that we just recorded. But yeah, just to enter in deeply in those beautiful tools to access our heart with the Lord. Mm, so much good stuff. So much good stuff. Well, ladies, as we wrap up our part four, would you like to share with our listeners, Heather Kim, what is your one thing for the week, my friend? Well, my one thing, as many of you know, we moved a year ago. It's been a year now into this um, new house and we have property here. And so we were looking for farm status and we just got our little addition to our property yesterday and it's bees. And I'm so excited. So we have all these beehives over um, in these little boxes. I'll take a picture and put it in the show notes over on one side of our property. And I'm so excited to have them here. Plus, we got the best honey ever that was brought by the guys so we're not farming the bees but somebody else comes to take care of them but we get to have them on our property which is like super exciting and honestly I'm really excited to enter into even a spiritual journey about the bees because we've mm-hmm. been talking about this amongst ourselves for a while but to learn from like what God puts in front of you what God puts in your life and so I'm excited to see what God reveals through the bees mm-hmm. Michelle what's your one That's thing so fun my one thing well I have two one things I'm back to it again sorry is that a sweet lady from Humble Mission, I mean, Humble Mission Beads, uh, sent me this beautiful bracelet with a, a medal of Elizabeth of the Trinity. And mm-hmm. I love it. And so I've just been wearing it. And the medal is the, uh, she got the medal from France from the convent that St. Elizabeth Trinity was from. And it's just a beautiful gift to have to wear around my wrist. And just as we're on this journey of inner cloister, it has just been great. And I also have to give a shout out to the priests and friars of the Carmelites that do the Institute of Carmelite Studies. I got in the mail this week a copy of the Interior Castle's Study Guide from St. Teresa of Avila. So it has study guide and questions and all these footnotes, and I absolutely love it. And actually, they have one for Interior Castle, and they have one for St. Teresa's Story of the Soul, and they have one for St. Teresa of Avila Foundations. But I love study guides because it has deeper questions, and it gives more context and stuff like that. So... Yeah, we will link it here. And so, but it was so fun as we were talking about Interior Castle earlier today. Mm-hmm. Well, that's wonderful. My one thing for the week is a song that kept coming up in my Spotify playlist. And I'm like, I like this song. And I finally 
paid a little bit more attention to it. And it's a song by an artist named Jonathan Ogden. And it's from his EP called Spring, which is very fitting. And the song is called With You, which is actually based on Psalm 8, verse 3, where when I look at the heavens, Lord, and I, I you know, who are who am I that you'd keep me in mind, you know? And so it's it's like one of those songs you just groove mm. to. I think of Father Josh Johnson every time I hear it, because I could ah. totally see him just like <laughs> singing it and like rolling his windows down. But like, what a great time for spring. You know, when, when spring finally winters over and you roll the windows of your car down for the first mm. time and you can smell like the fresh flowers on the on the on the breeze and so i think you're gonna like the whole it's a mini album i think you'll like the whole thing called spring but i really like the song with you because it's just saying to the lord i just want to be with you like mm. I, when i see the heavens the work of your hands like i just want to be with you and i'm like amen you know, amen to that so um and one more thing i'm just going to add we touched on it but we didn't go deep dive into the chapter about uh brideship and mm. um all about religious sisters and the beautiful call to consecrate a life and that. So I'm also going to link the podcast episode with our good friend, Father John Burns, because he does such a beautiful job when he was on our podcast explaining the beauty of the call of religious life and how they are prophetic sign of the bride. And mm-hmm. he just does a lovely job. So we will post that also in our link here for our show notes, just so if you want to dive deeper into that, mm-hmm. or if you want to really re-listen good. to that episode, it's just such a beautiful episode explaining the beauty and the complimentary of all women to be bride and mother. And um, yeah, so we'll post that there. Amen. Well, listeners, well, I think we've given you a lot. I know myself to to ponder this weekend. So we're playing, praying for that place of your heart, right? The cloister of your heart where, where Jesus comes to dwell with you because he loves you. So we are praying for you this week and we hope you have a wonderful week. And until next time, we will be abiding together. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend? We encourage you to head over to our website, abidingtogetherpodcast.com, where you can find all the show notes, links to our one thing, transcripts, group discussion questions for each episode, and beautiful mugs, t-shirts, journals, and prints in our shop. There you can also subscribe to receive our weekly email with links to each new episode and all of its content. We'd love to connect on social media and invite you to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter so you can catch inspiring reflections every day. You're also welcome to join our private Facebook group and dive deeper into discussions with our fellow listeners. If the podcast has blessed you, would you prayerfully consider financially supporting us? The Abiding Together podcast is only available due to the generous support of our listeners. There are significant costs associated with creating this content, such as tech support, design, website, equipment, and hired staff that we need to be able to continue offering great content to you. Abiding Together is a nonprofit 501c3, and all donations are tax deductible. You can make donations of any amount through a website called Patreon, or you can send us a check directly if that's easier. If you donate $15 or more per month on our Patreon page, you become a tribe member and you will receive monthly individual videos from Michelle, Heather, and I, as well as other exclusive content, recipes, playlists, downloadable prints, and more. You can find all the information about Patreon at patreon.com forward slash abiding together. Thank you and God bless you.